Okay, 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 here we go. Let's do a little countdown to get into this. A three, a two, a one. Hello, everybody. What do we got here? It is Monday. Oh, fuck, Jacob's gone. It's just me. I'm by myself, talking to myself, looking at myself. Okay, everybody, here is the situation. Here's what we've got to tell you. It is Monday. It is, God, I don't even know. I'm going to say August 3rd. The year is 2020. You are listening to Underdogs. I am David Patrick Fleming, and if that's true, then with me is Jacob Eamon. Here is the situation, everybody. Jacob is away at a cottage. It is freezing there, and it's not too warm in Toronto either. The internet is shoddy, so we have no video right now. We are in this blind, and we are we are off roading here. Jacob, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Like I, I feel amazing. Of course, I'm at a cottage in Manitoulin Island. I can see the water right now. I can hear the leaves rustling around me. I'm still doing the show. Um, I'm not too hungover. I've got coffee, I've got Gatorade. So like, you know, I'm I'm happy that we're that I can hear you, that this is possible. Yeah, I feel like we're like talking in the in the middle of the night like we're teenagers having a sleepover and we're telling each other our secrets cuz it's all dark. Give me give me a, a a 0 to 10 on your hangover. Oh, I would say I would say a 3 cuz most of the what happened yesterday was a day drink. Um, I kind of, I, I kind of faded later to the throughout the night. We had a heavy dinner. My brother made really thick burgers. I ate two of them. I was basically stuffed. I couldn't really drink after that. I just felt too full, kind of nauseous. So I, I, I faded. Those burgers probably saved your day. Probably saved this Monday morning podcast. So how many people do you have out there? What is your, what is your situation? There are. 10 of us here we have three cabins 10 people there has there have been more though david oh oh it looks like you're uh taking one from the miami marlins right now are you guys breaking the rules are you guys just chucking covid back and well, forth okay i guess i can get into it because listen david i, I we took a, or i took a lot of precautions coming up here everyone that was coming to the cottage got tested right um, I got tested on Wednesday. We were coming up on mm-hmm. on Friday. I stayed relatively quarantined after my test. I got my results the next morning. <laughs> it, there was no detection of COVID. They could not find it in me. Doesn't mean it wasn't there, but they couldn't find it. It was hiding. It may have been hiding. Any case, we are driving up Friday. Um, you know, we're conversing with the other people in the car. Some people still don't have their results. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, hopefully, we find out before we get there. It's, it's Monday, and there are people here who s- still have no results. So there's that. That could be a really terrifying thing if they get that phone call or however you get notified of that, if it's an email or a text message that all of a sudden 
somebody has it. It's almost like it's like being away out in the cabin in the woods and all of a sudden there's a killer in the house and you don't know who it is. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's like Battlestar Galactica, man. Like there's a Cylon in the ship and we, and, well, we don't know who it is. Shout out to the BSG fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a risky, risky game that you guys are playing. Okay, but, but that's that's just the beginning of it, Dave. So I got here we were the last group to arrive. You know, I was doing the show and Brittany had to tutor until two. So we didn't get on the road till pretty late. We arrived up here in Manitouli like 10 PM. And there's like multiple cars here when I get here. Um, so my brother and his friends, they know people, they've known people up here for a while. So there's like a group of other people here that wasn't part of our cabin here. So when we get here, I don't know, there's like 15 people um, total. And I'm like, oh God, this is not what I was ready to come into. But okay, go sit by the fire, have a beer. Kind of kind of staying pretty distant from people. But then yesterday, whole other situation. We're, we have a couple of those people from the first night show up, but then like, a steady stream of people keep coming because it's like that's just how it is on this island i guess someone has a bonfire going you know they all know each other since they're kids and they just text one suddenly it's 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 like high school you know it's just like here's where the party's at is this like an olden days party where people are close to each other touching each other is there anybody uh any sense of people trying to keep distance or adhere to any kind of uh, health regulations or is it just is this like are we talking like partying like it's january 2020 i think there's a there's a bit of modern partiness to it but I, like in the earlier part of the night i'm overhearing like okay we can hug now like it sort of seems like this is like the first time people are like are, are partying like it's january again like i don't know it sounded like some <laughs> other people on the island were getting tests as well I don't know. Like, it, I'm pretty, like, I could really easily have it right now. And so I know you and I know Brittany, your girlfriend. So where's Brittany's anxiety with all of this? Uh, I would say it's probably like a 9.2. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that. It's just because I can just sense the situation. I can just feel the energy. I'm only laughing to... Uh, to let out feeling that keeps bottled yeah. in for yeah. so long. She's like, who, who are all these people? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just like, that's the way it is on an island, man. Like, people just come. They all know each other. They're it's fine. a great premise for a horror movie. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> you're just sort of unaware and you show up and you're trapped and then you don't know what to do, but you try to convince yourself that everything will be okay. And look, I really hope you guys don't get it. And, you know, chances are you probably won't. But uh, it, this is a, a risky game of cabin Russian roulette. <laughs> Yeah, I think most of the people up here would probably be more worried that all these city Toronto folks coming up are bringing it to the island that probably has minimal uh, positives over the entire time. Oh yeah, for sure. What what's been going on with you though? You were at, you were at work all weekend. I was. So uh, I don't know of anybody out there who is following the way that Ontario is dealing with this. We opened up into phase three, which means that people are allowed to dine inside at restaurants which is a terrifying thing it's just like a, it's an upgrade that nobody wants um 
And so as servers of this restaurant, we really hope that nobody asks to sit inside. And since I've been there, nobody has asked to sit on uh, inside. But the issue that I experienced last night was, look, I'm going to tell this story. And look, I, with all due respect to the gentleman that I'm talking about, I'm just going to try to tell this story the best way that I that I can. So uh, we are serving at this restaurant and this man and his wife uh, and about four of their um, family members show up at this restaurant. The man is wheeled up in a wheelchair. And if I were to describe this man, he is a breath away from death. I have never in my life seen somebody look more sick in my life. I have never in my life seen anyone out in public for um, to enjoy a dinner who, who who looked that ill. Like it made me feel like I should pull up a chair uh, next to him just so that when the grim reaper comes, uh, it has a place to sit because it is coming soon. And he asked to sit six feet away from everybody else. And so all of our anxieties get triggered. Like, is he asking to sit uh, far away because he knows that he has this and he doesn't want to infect anyone, but he wants to have what is now being called the last supper where he comes to our restaurant just for one last uh, piece of enjoyment in his life. And they sort of are like, no, 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 because we do ask. We're like, is there an illness going on here that we need to be aware of? Because he's got a bunch of things. I mean, COVID might be in there, but he's got uh, just a litany of things going on with him. If you could have seen this, seen this man. And so he gets uh, placed at this table separate from everybody else. And I'm talking to him from like a 10 foot berth. Every question I have for him is 10 feet. And if he can't hear me, he can't hear me. I ain't going into that wall. Uh, it's, I'm just anxious and I'm nervous, but you know, at least we're outside. And I, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want to like shame this man openly. I don't want to, you know, make accusations that aren't true, but I'm also worried about my own life. And so I'm serving him. But then because the weather's been such trash in Toronto, the rain starts to come down. And so it's like they're going to want to come inside because they want to get wet, but nobody wants to deal with these people on the inside without masks on because you don't have to wear a mask if you're dining in a restaurant. Oh, wow. So the rain, right. the, I didn't even the, think of that. <laughs> yeah, because you have to be able to eat. You have to be able to drink. You can't do that with a mask on. So it's just going to be... Um, this 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 guy who's going to come into our restaurant and so it starts to rain and they start to be uh coming into the restaurant and we're like oh hey guys uh you want to settle up but you want to head on home and they're like oh no we still want to be here but it's getting wet and this 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 old man and you know there's absolutely an amount of sympathy that i have for him he's just being hit by these raindrops and in the condition that he's in you would you would think that any raindrop could kill him any any raindrop that hit him at a good angle could just end his life but i still don't want him inside and that's just the way it is that's just the way that my mentality has built into this thing under normal circumstance i would have never felt that way that's just where all of us were at not just me and so they're asking to come inside we're trying to just give them the bill and leave you know maybe you know should we i don't know call him a hearse we're not really sure so then they end up coming inside 
and everyone's just like 30 feet away from these people. Like it, it, it's so awkward. It's so awkward that all of us are afraid because none of us are really comfortable with uh, the appearance of him. And you know, like he, he's got like liquid dripping from his face nonstop. Like he's got some sort of respiratory something. If it's not COVID-19, it's something, but the, the symptoms were enough to make anyone anxious. And so he just sat at the front of this restaurant where we all stood at the back and he finished this meal and then and then he left but so you think you have covid i think i have it now too like i'm not really sure but all night at work i was like oh my god my chest my chest hurts and i, I can't really breathe and like oh my god like i think one of my glands is swollen my, my jawline is sore I, I i don't know and so now i don't know what to do i almost quit last night because i just felt like i was being put in a position that when you really start to think that oh maybe your life's at stake it's it's a whole new ball game Absolutely. Do you guys not have umbrellas or anything outside? Like you can't do anything when it starts raining? I mean, there is uh, an umbrella, but it's not really for the tables. I mean, there's a little awning, but I'm talking like sideways monsoon rain. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like just a trickle of rain. Yeah, it got it got it rained pretty heavy here yesterday too. But no no baseball, no blue jays. No blue jays all weekend. It looks like they're gonna play tomorrow night in atlanta one of the worst places that you could possibly be in the world yeah but we did have the raptors on saturday the raptors played the lakers now you said that you were watching this game while uh trying to dodge play dodgeball with uh covid19 yeah it was hard to concentrate i can say that just trying to focus on kyle lowry he's playing an incredible game and he's playing an and, incredible game and he looks like he's about 25 years old too yeah anthony davis is being dominated a guy didn't score a bucket in the first half this is a top five guy in the league and we just shut them down how much did you read into that win over the lakers on saturday i'll say that i i think you could read into it a little bit especially since the Lakers had already played a game. They played the Clippers. They narrowly won that. I think that, you know, they're they're fully gassed and ready to go. And honestly, I, I'm more worried about the Bucks though, still. I think that there's something about the Bucks, and maybe it's Giannis, but also just the strength of the rest of the team, the bench on that team that I feel like is a tougher opponent for us than the Lakers. Um, I could be wrong about that, and obviously playoff LeBron is going to be a whole new thing that we're hopefully going to see in the finals against the Raptors. But I have a lot of questions about Anthony Davis's ability to be a champion. Obviously, he's one of the most dominant players in the league. He's incredible. He's massive. He can stretch the floor. He can post up, rebound, block, whatever. There's just something about him that I wonder if he has the champion mentality at this point in his career. I think that's a that's a great observation and I've I've wondered the same thing. In my fantasy basketball league, I took a chance on him. I drafted I had the first pick of the season and I chose Davis over Giannis. Uh it was a it was a it was a real gamble. And so but I ended up watching a lot of Lakers games, I was watching him intently. You know, this is my guy. I'm riding my season on him. And what I noticed a lot was it wasn't even always on defense. I just noticed that he didn't 
always follow through. Like if there was a transition or if he made a defensive stop and the, they, the, the ball moved up on transition, he would kind of jog his way to half court and not really try and get involved if he didn't have to at times. It, it was like mm-hmm. a, a sort of semi-laziness, but just like just missing that, that killer that killer instinct, you know, that, that need to be the dude all of the time, that need to, to get involved, to crush, to dominate it. I think that's what's missing with his game because he's got all of the skills. He's undeniably uh, gifted athletically, defensively. He can shoot threes. He can do everything. It's just whether or not he puts in 99 to 100 uh, every time and I don't see it yeah I don't see it either and I don't know how fair of a thing that is to say because it's a difficult thing to speculate on but you know when you just watch somebody you feel like you can get a sense of their presence and their effort level and I just don't see it all the time with him and then you know I read into other things that uh, have happened with him off the court and and that definitely adds to it, but uh, that's just the way I feel right now. Hap- not not happy to be proved wrong, but will admit if I am proved wrong. Yeah. The other thing with him, though, is you also have to imagine he's got a top three to top five basketball player of all time on his team. And so yeah. there, I can imagine there can be a bit of, like, I don't need to do everything all of the time because there's mm-hmm. someone else who is that man and so i can conserve a bit maybe maybe he's been saving maybe he saves for the playoffs he, he doesn't have a ton of playoff experience right so yeah this is going to be a big year a big playoffs for him and he's going to be under a microscope and i hope he rises to the occasion because i do like watching him when he's playing well a lot for me i would just love i would just love a raptors clippers final my god would i love that I just think that would be so exciting. The storylines would be all over the place. And uh, that's, for me, what I would love to see. So I would like to see the Clippers take the Lakers in a Western Conference final. But, uh, I mean, even to say that we can watch an NBA Finals is something at this point. How thick of a book do you think Nick Nurse has on ideas of how to shut down Kawhi? I, that's one of the things that I think would be so exciting. I think Nick Nurse is a really smart guy. I think he sees things with a particular level of nuance. And I, yeah, I imagine the book is very thick. Uh, whether or not it's a, an effective book will rely on, you know, Kawhi Leonard's ability to adapt. And we've all seen playoff Kawhi, and uh, it is another level of human being. So, um, but I fully embrace uh, that challenge as a fan of the Raptors, for sure. Yeah. For me, what I felt like watching that Raptors game, the the big X factor of the Raptors um, having a chance to repeat was OG. And My I favorite feel player. Like when OG, yeah, I mean, the defense is going to be there, uh, inc- like great defensive player, but when his offense is on point and when he can hit that three and when his three-point percentage is you know dancing around the 40 percent that that changes their team offensively when he can be a threat and yeah you see kyle lowry coming back and he looks like incredible shape gasol looks like he has the potential to stay healthy through a lengthy playoff run um siakam looked good 
Van Fleet's going to be there. For me, if that added weapon on offense of OG puts them in the runnings to uh, potentially make it to another finals. Oh, that's that's totally accurate. And because when you're trying to exploit the Raptors with your own defensive scheme, you want, at this point, you want OG to be the one who's hurting you, right? You want to you yeah, get the ball away from Lowry. You want to get the ball away from Siakam. You don't want to be doing pick and pops with Ibaka or Gasol or Gasol having it at the top of the key and finding a, a great pass, a great cutter. You want OG having to make plays. And if he's going to be the guy in step up, then yeah, for sure. It's going to be a, a huge... Uh, bonus for the Raptors, and it's going to be really difficult to stop them if he can, if he can contribute offensively as well as he does defensively. But mm-hmm. but the other thing is, I was I was thinking about what the X factor is for me, and I feel like it always comes back to whether or not Kyle's three point shot is there that night, because when he because mm-hmm. he yeah, he's, he always takes a lot of threes even when they're not going in, but when they do mm-hmm. go in and he starts getting hot and he's feeling it, you're like, this is, it. we're going to win. But when he starts missing and it, it keeps muscling, it keeps forcing, it keeps taking that shot and they're not going in, that's a lot of possessions that we lose out on. And I, it's, it's, it's tough to win when Kyle isn't feeling it. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that Kyle brings to the game, even when his offense is not there, that um, help a team, help oh, the team sure. win. Um, but I agree that it's that next level when his game is on, like it was on Saturday. It really, it just makes them have so many threats on offense, and it makes him such a dangerous player. Let's let's get to some baseball here. Yep. So. Haven't seen it for a while. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm talking about Blue Jays. There was obviously other games this weekend. They're going to be in Atlanta. Do you think we will see the Blue Jays play tomorrow night? It is looking like the Phillies had no more positive tests. It is looking like maybe things are starting to even out. So there's some hope there. Uh, it, it is tough for me, even if they play tomorrow night, to believe that they're not long for this world in calling this season. But... Uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I think it sounds like the the game's going on tomorrow night. It's gonna like I don't know at this point what can shut down this season because you know seventeen or nineteen, however many players on the Marlins getting it isn't enough to shut things down. So you see Derek Moran walk the plank right into oh, Miami as well. I did. <laughs> I did. He, that's, it's really devastating for him. Yeah. I mean, he's been there before, but this is a completely different circumstance. I don't imagine it's a great team to be on even when without COVID, but uh, here we are. Do you think that this uh, little hiatus, I guess the Blue Jays haven't played since, what is it, Thursday? Do you think that this little hiatus is going to be good or bad for Vladdy? (laughs) (laughs) Just, let's just say it's going to be bad (laughs) (laughs) let's just go out on a limb here and say this only gets worse from here david so i've been spending a lot of time just thinking about vlad walking through nature here sitting on a dock looking at the water meditating on vladimir guerrero jr you know hearing 
what the what the rustling of the leaves could offer me in terms of how to help him, what's going on with him. And the only theory that I've come to is what if and and this is something that has been brought up in the past, but not really not really about this guy yet or about our current situation. Do you think it's possible that Guillermo Martinez has ruined Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s swing or his, plate, his approach at the plate? I, I've thought about this a lot, and I, I don't necessarily... Uh, I haven't necessarily put it directly on Guillermo, but I, I do wonder a lot if the organization hasn't ruined this kid. Um, that they jumped on him a little too quick with struggle. They jumped on him too quick with his body. They've, they've just been kind of physically shaming this dude since 2018. And you, when you see his uh, at-bats now, <clears throat> when he was in the minor leagues, you, you would see this swag from Vladdy. You would see him, like a pitch would come in and he would just start like, shaking his head at it. He'd kick his feet in the dirt and it would be a ball. He would spit on pitches an inch off the plate. He had this incredible eye and he just had this swag. And now when he's up at the plate, he seems uncertain and he doesn't seem like he has a real good understanding of either what he's doing or what he's being asked to do. And so for me, that's a mental thing. That's not a a body thing. I don't think that that's... uh, the fat has taken over his mind and now he he forgets how to play baseball. I imagine he's got too many cooks in the kitchen right now and he needs to tell people to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And that, that was my other thinking that maybe it's not just Guillermo, but you know, Dave Hedgens is the bench coach. He's been a, a hitting coach as well in Houston. I imagine that his, his primary, um, expertise is in hitting balls. It, among the banging of trash cans. I don't know how helpful that is for Vladdy. And and then now we have Dante Bichette hitting Whisper around there, who's basically, it seems like, our hitting coach. But I've also theorized that Vladdy is too proud to work with Dante and that it would sort of be an admission for for Vladdy to that, that Bo was better than him somehow if he worked with his dad. Like there's, I think there's got to be a bit of pride there and in in going into the hitting whispers clinic and freeing him up in that way. I just don't think Vladdy is one of those players that you can just teach in a in a typical way. I just don't think he's like that. I think he's a different kind of player. I think he's an incredibly gifted player in a very unique way and I think you just have to leave him alone for a while. I think if you left him alone, if they had have left him alone, uh, when he first came up, and if they had left him alone all last year, and if they left him alone this year, I think he'd be in a different place. Now, I'm not saying that this is all the organization's fault, and Vladdy is uh, has takes no blame in this situation. Obviously, if he came in in better shape, obviously if he put in the work, people would have left him alone probably a lot more. But now that he's not doing that, people are all over him. But I think if they left him alone. That includes Dante. That includes Guillermo, Dave Hudgens, Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro, Charlie Montoya. Leave him alone. Let him figure it out. Because he's in his head right now. You can see it. It's terrible. Do we know that they haven't left him alone? Do we know for sure? Well, look, they, 
they've talked about his conditioning many times. They talk about it in the media. So you can only imagine what those conversations are behind closed doors. They've switched his position. They've, um, they, they certainly haven't left him alone. Right. They might not be on him to the degree that we think that they are, but they certainly haven't left them alone. I guess I'm just, I'm thinking more specifically about his swing mechanics, his, his approach at the plate, whether or not they get involved too much with that, or they just are letting him figure things out in that way or have meddled with his, his bat at all. It's, they must've done something. He, the kid didn't hit ground balls before. And now it's all he does. So either they mess with him by getting in his head or they've changed something about his swing. I don't know. Something's not right. Something doesn't feel right. And I'm not saying it's not his fault. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own lives. And so he needs to get it together. But I would like to see them just leave him alone for a while. I'd like to see them put him at first base and just leave him alone for the rest of the season. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Let's uh, let's wrap up here with a little fantasy recap. So we just ended the first week of our fantasy. Before we, uh, you, before uh, we do that, David, can I just I, I just want to I want to throw out something quick here. I'm I'm worried that there is a curse um, on the Blue Jays, some sort of hex, and that they might lose all of their home games when they're in the opponent's ballpark. I think that there's some weird stuff going on there and I've got an idea of how they could fix it because I think it's got to be real weird and I don't like that it's happening. I think until they get to Buffalo that they should wear their new blues, which they haven't debuted as their home away from home Jersey. So you wear the baby blue when you're the home team in the opponent's ballpark, pretending you're the home team. You've got this new identity. It's, it's, it's bringing in the weirdness of 2020. You've got a special jersey for that occasion. And you don't have to have the weird associations with wearing white when you're in the opponent's ballpark. Just have a fresh start. Get rid of because we've lost both games as the home team. Well, yeah, I mean, but that is just it. It's only two games, but... You know, I, I would like to see them wear those powder blues, but I don't think they've there's enough sample size to call it a hex just yet. Well, I think hex are strong words, Eamon. You want to get out in front of that. You don't want to let that thing fester. <laughs> one more, one more thing, and people beyond me, people on that team, are going to start wondering if it's a thing. The same way that Look, guys, we're just trying to get out ahead of this hex. <laughs> see Ross Atkins talking about that. We're trying to get out ahead of the hex. We're going to wear the powder blues. We're we're completely losing ourselves right now. I don't yes. know if the if the if the phrase "it's really weird" even uh, has any relevancy anymore in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. It's like really weird that they play their home games in empty stadiums and other people's parks. It's like, yeah, everything's weird. Everything is fucking weird right now. Yeah, but so put on those those powder blues. It's their new home away from home jersey. It's perfect. Also, another jersey thing quick. What do you think about the Blue Jays wearing the Buffalo Bisons uniform for a special game in buffalo when they're there at some point this season as an homage as a as a thank you to the city of buffalo for supporting them it would kind of be like you know teams wearing a retro jersey they wear their their buffalo bisons uniforms it's a fun thing they look cool what do you think about that i think that's a great idea i wonder if there's any sort of language around that where it's not possible like maybe you have to only wear 
uniforms that are of the major league club, even if they're, you know, from when the club was in a different city or, you know, whatever. But if they're able to do that, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's all I had about the jerseys. Just wanted to get that in quick. So fantasy time. Yeah. We both won our first week. You look like you made a little comeback there at the end because you actually kind of dominated your week, but you were behind for most of it. Yeah. I was behind until yesterday. Yeah. You had a huge day yesterday. Yep. I had been just slowly toiling every night, trying to make the right adjustments, make the moves. (laughs) Okay. Um, That's fair. But, you know, I've, I've picked a great team and I've had a lot of underperformers, like major, major. We both have, but you also have, I mean, I'll say it, you didn't deserve to win this week at all. Uh, anybody out there knows uh, what kind of week Aaron Judges had. So the uh, person that I was playing this week decided to sit Aaron Judge all week. And uh, anybody who hasn't watched, Aaron Judge has had six home runs in five games. So it's sort of like a little blessing now that I made it uh, out of the first week with a victory. Uh, I did make some uh, little uh, roster moves over this past you know, few days, week, let's say, that have helped me out a bit, but I, I definitely had a very low point total relative <laughs> to the other teams in this league. So I'm very thankful to uh, King West 98th percentile for sitting Aaron Judge. Sitting it, Aaron Judge. Thank you. Yeah. They also have, I think, three to four players that could have been on the injured list, making room for new additions of people that could be contributing to the to the fantasy points total every day that adjustments were not made and you have a victory and I'm I I'm a little upset about it. Look, uh it is what it is. You know, we can't force anybody to play fantasy a certain way. I did. I will admit to you that there's an element of good fortune that allowed me to come out victorious in my first week. But I'm going to take that momentum and I'm going to I'm going to start to cruise. I'm going to yeah. start to cruise till the till the bitter end of this. Yeah, I I have spoken with King West, 98th percentile. Um, I've I've kind of bullied i've said if you're not going to adjust your lineups if you're not going to do any work for the love of god just please take judge off the bench and leave him in the lineup regardless he could get he could be out for the season i want you to leave him in the lineup every night um, so hopefully that message went to heart. I've also had a little bit of uh, misfortune in the fact that Shohei Otani has been absolute garbage, and now he's getting an MRI on his arm, which is a frightening thing. Yes, but what what misfortune you have could be uh, blessings for our beloved Blue Jays, the team that we support, because all of these these teams that were threatening to take our wild card to begin with and now with an ex- extended postseason rangers without Corey kluber no chance that they're a better team than the blue jays otani or the angels without otani mm, i i think it's tough to see that team as being better than the blue jays especially with how incredibly 
how how great of a performances we've had from our starting lineup and the depth that we have in our starting pitching that they absolutely have none of. I think it's really sweet that you still think there's going to be a baseball playoffs, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that the wild card is actually a thing, and that uh, we'll we'll be talking about that into late August. I think that's really. I think that the the cabin's been good for you and your positivity and maybe your connection with the earth. It's really uh, it's really sweet to hear. Do you think, David, that it's fair for Rob Manfred to say that the players need to be better, to do better at not getting COVID? <sighs> yes, I guess it's fair. I think that uh, if, it, if the report uh, is true that the Marlins went out in Atlanta and went to the restaurants and uh contracted COVID-19 from that if you could make that a factual truthful thing then I think that that is a fair thing to say now do I think that his hands are clean in this whole thing no but to be fair the uh MLB did offer a bubble situation which the players denied and I believe in my mind the only way this season was to work is in a bubble situation so it's not like the mlb wasn't willing to offer them a bubble situation the players were the ones who said no to that uh and yes i do think that players have to take some responsibility look it's just like like any of us who go out and do anything you know we're responsible for our own lives for our own health do i think once those marlins players did test positive for COVID 19 did the MLB then uh, act uh, correctly? No, I don't. But it could have all been prevented, perhaps, if those reports are true. Um, it could have all been prevented uh, so that it wouldn't have been an issue anyway. Right. I think I just think it's a bit of a dangerous precedent to set to to think that it's possible. Like I just think that it's possible that players can take all of the precautions that teams can not go out that they can stay in their hotels and that there's still a very real possibility of players contracting covid and spreading it to teammates even if they are precautious just given the amount of traveling that they're doing uh the amount of people that they are around all of the time i just think that and are we gonna like have suspicions about a team or about players that they've been acting out or not taking precautions if if there are more positive tests and when there are po more positive tests we know that there's going to be like do we think that the cardinals that they've got some some uh, guys who aren't taking it seriously and that's how they got it yeah i mean I, I what i don't necessarily understand is if this hasn't been the thing that shuts down the season then what is like how many players have to go down I mean, they've already had multiple teams on these mini hiatus. The Marlins haven't played a game in over a week. They've had you know, 17 whatever players contracted this virus. And, and Rob Manford says this is not the nightmare scenario. But you've also got these other people who work for the team who aren't millionaire ball players who are around these uh, people getting this virus. And are they taking this virus back to their homes and giving it to their family that's what i think is almost the more unfortunate circumstance of this whole thing it's not uh these players who have a ton to gain by playing but these other people who are kind of forced to work around them and then now they're getting sick um 
We will end it there. I apologize if some of this audio is a bit wonky. We're kind of off-roading here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will not be recording tomorrow. We're going to be back on Wednesday, and we're going to be talking about Blue Jays versus the Braves and uh, how many people got sick. And look forward to it. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you.